And he also let him know how disastrous the porn industry was. And it's indeed, through the production process, is absolutely sexual abuse of women. And so helping his son understand that what's presented in one way, the reality is quite different. Welcome to the uh, Faithful Fathering Podcast. Thank you uh, for joining us. And uh, this is Rick Wirtz, uh, founder and president of Faithful Fathering, where uh, our mission is to encourage and equip dads to be faithful fathers. Those are, by definition, a faithful father prioritizes his physical presence, is engaged emotionally, and leads spiritually by example, reflecting the triune nature of God in his home. Uh, it's also the, the vision is to engage dads in raising a godly generation and reinvigorate the church on the fathering front. So uh, this podcast series is uh, continuing our effort to uh, talk through the seasons of fathering, but this is going to be coaching through the teen years. Uh, we'll have three in this series, but the, it's the first of a series of three and, and discussing a dad's role as coach through the teen years. A quick refresher, if you're uh, tuning in for the first time, uh, we're walking through the seasons of fathering and talking about specific challenges that go with each season. Earlier podcasts addressed the teacher season of fathering, the first 10 years of a child's life where uh, kids can trust uh, dad and mom completely. They actually think we're gods, you know, Richard. <laughs> but uh, uh, and, and it's also the, the time when faith and family values are instilled in a child. Uh, in future podcasts, we'll walk through what I call the counselor season of fathering uh, when kids are grown in their 20s and beyond. I'm in the counselor season presently, and uh, I think it's one of the toughest seasons because it, it arrives in what seems to be the blink of an eye. Just yesterday, I was uh, teaching my own son to throw a ball in the backyard, and last weekend, I watched him exchange vows with the love of his life. Uh, it's uh, uh, the message to younger dads is to slow down, enjoy time with your children uh, the Lord's blessed you with, and embrace fully each season of fathering uh, as, as we move through. So uh, in the studio with me today uh, to talk about coaching kids through teen years is a very special guest, Richard Vega. He's a veteran, an Army veteran, and uh, presently leader of At His Feet Ministries. Richard is also a husband and a father of seven is that, uh, is that right? Yes, sir. <laughs> Richard, uh, welcome. And uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and, and your ministry. Well, thank you. Uh, thank you for having me on. I'm, I, like you said, I have seven kids, so uh, a little bit of seasoned in fatherhood and all in boys and girls and all ages, ranging from 24 down to eight years old. Um, so I know how it is to uh, get into those teen years. <laughs> Let's just say that. But um, at His Feet Ministries, we do whatever we can to to walk with people and get them to the feet of Jesus and let Jesus do what He's great at. And um, you know, we just love plugging in and helping change lives and um, doing whatever we can. Again, like I said, just to walk with people and show them that there's a there's a different way and a better way. Well, build on that a little bit. Uh, you mentioned Harvey was one of the kickoffs uh, for your ministry when you really uh, stepped in. Tell us a little bit about uh, what, uh, how you were the, the, at his feet through that time. Yeah, so at his feet, we, we had just uh, pretty much formed a 501c3 and got our team, and we were ready to roll, and Harvey came in to introduce us to uh, to real labor. <laughs> and, uh, hey, it was great. In the first, uh, the first 11 days, we were able to get into the community and really meet a lot of partners. We fed 
a little over 33,000 people um, wow. at our spot mm. within the first seven days, which was amazing. And that just tapped into more things. And last year during the pandemic, in the first five months, we fed uh, over 60,000 people okay. um, just with other partners, great women and men of God teaming up and saying, hey, we got this. What can you do? So let's Fantastic. get it out to the people. And in that process, we were able to pray with tens of thousands of people that were hurting during that time. As you know, um, our world went through a fear season and um, a lot of people coming through those car lines that needed food. Right? A lot of children, their only meals are, is at school. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it's sad, but it's a reality of our society that these uh, some parents decide to sell food stamps and other things and these kids don't have no food. And so that was really what God put on my heart when these when the shutdown came was these schools, these kids, these babies that their only meal is at school. Right, right. So praise God that he opened up a lot of doors for us to be able to operate. Well, that's the beauty of, uh, you know, the hands and feet of uh, Jesus, our various ministries. And, uh, of course, uh, one of our primary ministries is uh, as a dad, isn't it, that uh, we can equip our children to navigate through this world and all the curveballs. It is a fallen world. We're reminded of that. Yes. yes. <laughs> Too often, as a matter of fact, right? But as we, uh, you know, you said you're teaching, and, you know, I, I, I found the teen years myself as fabulous uh, window of time, you know, as we see these young people start to become young adults and make their decisions and uh, stand and, and fall and, and then coach them through those successes as well as the failures. Uh, one area that I've seen as, as particularly uh, uh, challenging uh, with young men and actually young women as well today is what I call fatal attractions. You know, I, I remember when one dad, uh, uh, his teenage son, he caught his teenage son and realized that he had been viewing pornography for a while on his phone. And as he as he uh, uh, approached and, and uh, confronted his son about this, he, he, the son got a little defensive saying, well, everybody watches this stuff. And actually just a couple of buddies were uh, really pressuring him to view it and send him a few links. That's all it was, or just a few links. Yeah. And, uh, and his dad, you know, realized real quick, it didn't do a whole lot of good to get angry with him, did it? Have, have you had that kind of experience with one of your teenagers? Uh, a couple of them. <laughs> yes, I have. And uh, I tell you, um, that's always a challenging moment because uh, it's never, you know, you, you, the story that you you made, um, it was never me finding out. It was my wife that <laughs> found out first. And so it's always... Uh, it's always just, it's always tough period when you find something out like that, you know, and how do you address it? How do you approach it? What are you going to say? And, right. and, um, I like, uh, you know, women have this radar, don't they? One pastor I know referenced it that women have this radar. Oh, yeah. They're, they're aware of everything they that's going know. on. And, and us men, we have a gut feeling yeah. that uh, if there's something wrong, we need to chase down that gut feeling and, and get in. But we got to be tuned in to our wife because she's, she's got that oh, uh, yeah. that feel, the feelers out to see exactly what's going on. So uh, so how about yourself and, and your, did you have a, a, a time like that in your own life where you, where you're, you you had to address or your dad confronted you uh, with with pornography for me um I, I i did watch some but i was always though i didn't really uh it wasn't appealing to myself you know um and so but i did watch you know friends in, in junior high would give me tapes or we didn't have links back then right, right. Uh, we had uh, uh vhs cassette tapes and um 
you know, you, you watch them, all the guys are watching them and passing around things. And um, But it was never something that I really, um, and, and for myself, and not even being saved, you know, I just didn't really mm-hmm. see the point of really watching it. It wasn't for me. Um, but, you know, my boys, it was, uh, you know, uh, two of them have to, had gone through some challenges like that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, each child is different mm-hmm. in how you approach them and how they learn or how they, you know, uh, are they going to be receptive to the things you say? Because like you said, getting mad, um, you know, the, a, a child will shut down really quick. Mm-hmm. You know, first they're defensive and then, you know, they want to lie about everything and, and then, um, you know, or you want your child to shut down on you or you want them to be open? Well said, well said. And that's what this dad did. He really kind of turned to some for a friend for some advice and, and learned very quickly how rampant uh, pornography is, and even in middle school and high school. In fact, uh, I think that he learned that the, uh, the average first-time exposure, the average age, is actually nine years old. Wow. So he realized as a teenager, probably when the first time that he'd, he'd looked at uh, wow. pornography and been caught up in it. Right. But uh, the idea that, uh, uh, that there was pressure on him and uh, it, it woke him up from the slumbers of thinking, uh, you know, when, when he was a kid, it was more about magazines. <laughs> as much as anything else and uh, but now it's it's just it's in your face constantly what are your thoughts on the the way pornography has just infiltrated uh, whether it be the video games they're almost uh, aggressively going after these young kids a- any thoughts on that yeah you know you're 100% right um, you know they're going after our children you know it's a demonic uh, spirit that has has plagued our country for years it's a billion dollar industry that taps into human trafficking um so it's definitely something that we need to address uh within the fatherhood and the churches um we can't run or hide from it no more we got to be more responsible as parents they have um and i'm not sure i I didn't um but they they have links so when we deal with it within our church when i'm discipling men those that struggle with pornography um there's there's um there's apps out there that we can put on your laptop and your phone. And so generally what I tell the guys are is, okay, we're going to put this app on there. you got to pay for it. And what it'll do is it'll text me or email me and let me know you're trying to get on these these certain sites. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, I don't know if I want you in my business. I say, you know what? You're right. Let's send it to your wife's phone and her email. <laughs> then, and then, you know, they start backpedaling a little bit. But, but we can do that for our own kids, you mm-hmm. know, especially if they have phones or, you know, you're allowing, allowing them to get on laptops and things like that, um, putting these things in there and watching their video games because you're right. I mean, Video games are, I mean, they are they are every bit of just rated X on some of these things, and mm. it's uh we we got to wake up. It's no more, you know. Here you go, you can go play a video game. It's so innocent now. It's you really got to watch what you're doing with your kids. They're absolutely aggressively coming after you know whether it's any kind of electronic stimulation, you know, via video games or what have you. They're aggressively uh, going after our kids, and uh, so Dad's chance is to stand firm and stand in the gap there. And like you say, there are ops uh, apps to uh, to uh, step in and uh, and be engaged with your son, see what's going on. But then there's ways around them as well. You know, uh, we uh, I remember one guy was looking to set something up in 
in a home, and as he was doing it, a 10-year-old was writing code around the protection that he was putting in. Oh, wow. And it just, you know, these kids are just so sharp. There's ways around this stuff. So mm-hmm. what I always say is you know, we got to go back to the Word, which is a Second Corinthians 10.5 says, we demolish all arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, mm-hmm. that we would take captive every thought and make it obedient to that's Christ. Right. And uh, that's a challenge as we, uh, you know, Paul's charge to the early church in Corinth was not to live by the standards of this world, but be different, right? And uh, while we're to be in the world, we're not to be of the world. And uh, so if pornography established itself as a standard for this world, uh, for young people, sex is regarded as an act, not as a, a you know, relational intimacy that uh, we're, we're called to. And a uh, fatal attraction to pornography is indeed uh, fatal to uh, uh, you know that relational intimacy the Lord calls us to, which I think is really the devil's scheme, isn't it? Is to oh, yeah. wipe out that level of relationship that he calls us. So the so the argument that sex is uh, okay outside of marriage and the pretension that relational intimacy is not sacrificed as a result are certainly contrary to the knowledge of God, and that's what we have to watch out for: is to to be sure to. Uh, uh, blast through these secular views of, uh, of what sex is. Uh, so how, how do you, uh, how, how did you push back against that for your sons? Well, you know, the one, the one thing is, is for us, um, you know, my brother-in-law, he's a computer wizard. So we were able to, you know, know the time and what device and all that stuff. And, and, uh, and so just letting them know that, you know, you know, number one, you know, your, 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 your sin will find you out. Right. But more so the father wants you to be able to, um, to find this now and let's get it rooted out. Right. And so I, the, 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 uh, verse that you use or the scripture you use, second Corinthians 10, uh, verse five, I think it is, mm-hmm. but it's, it's, uh, I, that's one of the ones I use, right? And so it says, capture every thought and hold it captive. And so, and I just re- literally just went through this with my youngest son and just telling him, you know, these thoughts that we have, it doesn't say we're not going to have them, mm. but it says that we're supposed to, ca- you know, capture them. And think about somebody getting arrested, right? They get placed in handcuffs and they get placed in a car and then we hold them until either we decide what we're going to do with it. Are we going to leave them in jail or are we going to release them? Mm-hmm. And so we got to be able to hold these thoughts and say, okay, we're, we're, we're not going to allow this to leave our lips or we're not going to make it become an action. So what we do from there is place it under the blood of Jesus and say, you don't have the right to be in my mind. You don't have the right to be here and, and start releasing it. And then, and then what I do is I walk with them through Galatians 5 and we talk about the fruit of the spirits, right? Mm-hmm. And so... Um, and, and, and also in Revelations 21, and we, I compare both of them because I want them to see sin and I want them to see the fruit of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. But what we find in both of those, in Galatians 5 and in Revelations, that it all comes down to self-control. And so the, the fruit of the Spirit, one of them is, is self-control. Sure. And then also right before, um, well, when he talks about sin in Galatians 5, uh, a lot of it is sexual immorality, impurities, mm-hmm. um, you know, the lustful nature of our flesh mm-hmm. and how Revelations 12, he says that we'll have a part in lake of fire. So what I try to tell my kids are, okay, so, you know, yeah, we want you to, to, to carry the oils of joy and happiness and gladness and all these things, but let's start with self-control mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. if we can start with self-control and, and what is self-control? Acknowledging that we have this thought but not acting on it and placing it under the blood of Jesus mm. that we can win. You know, in the, when I was in the military, there was days that 
you know, we didn't think we'd get through a certain particular training or, and, and, uh, but I would tell myself if I can just make it to lunch or if I can make it to breakfast and if I make it to breakfast and all I got to do is make it to lunch and I've conquered half that day mm-hmm. and then let me just make it to dinner and then let me just make it to, I get to sleep. Well, by before you know it, you've already broken down your day and you've accomplished the whole day. There you go. And each day just taking day by day. Um, having them build that in their mind that they're 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 able to overcome this addiction or overcome um, what is uh, you know satisfying the flesh, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. it is a battle for a lot of men, and it's and and it like you were saying, you know, it, it, nine years old. So imagine that. I mean, you, they get they get trapped into this fleshly desire that that releases these endorphins into their mind. It comes an addiction, just like a normal drug addiction. And they yearn for this this high, and you know by the time they're thirty years old or twenty five, they're getting married, and maybe their wife isn't never been exposed to that stuff, and trying to figure out what are you trying to get me to do? What are you doing? Now you're causing marriage conflicts, sure. and then it comes. I even heard of guys not even being able to perform or do sure. things sure. because they're so used to this. That's, that's usually what pulls a man out of uh, uh, pornography addiction is uh, erectile dysfunction. And that's the reality of the deal because, and that's where I always want to make sure the pretension that's there is that uh, these things are real, it's not fantasy. So to uh, let a child know exactly what's going on and the uh, touch up and the makeup and, and the, uh, you know, all the things that enhance the uh, fantasy that you're in and to help a young man understand that that is fantasy that's not reality in a relationship and that's uh, that's the that's the way you blast through some of the devil's scheme is that uh, the knowledge of God is that he built man for woman mm-hmm. but that is a, a physical and a, an emotional relationship and a spiritual relationship at the end of the day in marriage and that's the next passage I like in Hebrews 13 it says marriage should be honored by all and the marriage bed kept pure for God God will judge the adulterer and the sexually immoral because that's adultery is even the thinking, the lustful thoughts was what uh, Jesus laid out there. It's what we think, not necessarily what we do. So marriage is the primary means to experience the relational intimacy our Father desires for us. You know, the world offers other choices, what I call fatal attractions, that fall well short of God's desire for man. And uh, so that idea that, uh, you know, marriage is the closest thing to our relationship with Christ in the flesh. And how we honor that and, and live into that is key. So, uh, are, are kids growing up with an understanding of relational intimacy? I mean, uh, how, how do you reflect that in your home? Well, for, in our home, you know, I, so I wasn't, uh, I didn't, I never really knew my father. And, and um, my mom was just, you know, she was a hardworking mom and she worked all the time. So I really didn't understand what a, a good home looks like until mm-hmm. I met my beautiful mm-hmm. wife. And, um, she's trained me well. And, and you, and Good so, news is God's not done with us yet. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, um, you know, making sure that we're hugging and kissing uh, our children and, and showing men and women um, that, you know, I hold my wife's hand. Uh, I make sure she's she's with me. You know, I acknowledge her when I'm coming through the door, not just walking through the door and walking past her or my even my children. You know, we mm. say hi to everybody, acknowledge everybody when we're in the room mm. um, in, in those type of, of ways and really teaching these young men how to be husbands and how to honor your wife um, in those ways um, and making sure, you know, and, and, and 
and, and going the extra mile, getting the gas and showing that, you know, there's different ways of intimacy versus just kissing or sex, right? We can take this this thing called love and make it really deep, mm. you know. Um, you know, my wife drives further than I do to work. And so, you know, I don't want her to have to stop on the way home or on the way to work. I want mm. her to come straight home when mm -hmm. she gets off of work, not worrying about having to go get gas or any of these other things. So one of the things I like to do is, is I'll get my son and be like, okay, hey, let's go fill up mom's car, mm. you know, and, and mm -hmm. we go get her gas. Sure, sure. You know, just showing them little things that, that we can improve in, in the relationship. Right, right. Well, that's uh, very powerful. I think that's the, uh, the key a lot of times is to make sure we're reflecting that. Uh, you know, that there is, I do want a chance to, to push a book. There's a, a friend of mine took this book on is raising your son and preparing him for every man battle you, you, you know, that's one of the one of the books out there I forget, uh, don't have the author's name off the top of my head but uh, he wrote the book for every man's battle but then he said every young man's battle and then there's preparing your son for every man's battle. and that that's that cool. opened up the dialogue even with a young boy like nine ten years old when your first exposure it opens the door to talk about sexual intimacy as well as just intimacy in a relationship and so I encourage dads to you know start early don't let yes. the don't let the teen years sneak up on you but start start early in, uh, in those dialogues. And that's, in fact, uh, when the dad ended up sitting down with his son to discuss God's desire for relational intimacy, the young man that had been caught viewing pornography, he started off affirming his son. You know, that's the number one thing. He didn't get angry with him. He affirmed him that, you know, essentially that's what uh, Adam said when he told God, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. He said, God, you did good work here. A woman is beautiful, and the intimacy that we desire to have is a natural occurrence but it needs to be controlled until it's time to uh, to consummate a marriage, right? Mm -hmm. And so he he uh, and he also let him know how disastrous the porn industry was, and it's indeed through the production process is absolutely sexual abuse of women. And so helping his son understand that what's presented in one way, the reality is quite different. Yes. And uh, as you said, it opens the door for all kinds of sex trafficking and, and what have you. So there's, there's nothing good that comes out of a perversion of uh, relational intimacy. Right. And so I thought that dialogue was really good because uh, uh, it explained how the visual stimulation really distracts from the reality of, the, of what, uh, what God meant by design, the devil's scheme to destroy marriage and at any level of relational intimacy really points, uh, uh, really, really uh, in relational intimacy that absolutely points to the father because he wants to destroy the father. He wants to destroy uh, marriage relationships. So, uh, you know, I always think of the armor of God and uh, any any thoughts you have on uh, on the devil's scheme to destroy relational intimacy, uh, any, any thoughts or further comments you have? Yeah, you know, since the beginning of time, you know, when God, God, you know, we, when I teach a, a marriage class, I always tell them, you know, the, the man was taken from the dust of the ground and women was made for man. We we're separated for a reason, right? Um, and, and Satan knows that, but he knows that it wasn't good for man to be alone, like you said, for the intimacy of, of marriage. God created the marriage and for the love. So Satan to come in and, and, uh, and he knew exactly what he was doing um, to, to, um, to, to basically pervert um, the relationship, the intimacy part of man and woman. And, and to think that, you know, you can just go out and have sex with all these different people and not have punishment when God had already written 
what we're supposed to do and how we're supposed to operate and the blessings that come to attach to being obedient. We, we won't even go down that road yet. But I think a lot of, of fathers out there that are listening, just do some research on what it does to your brain. Um, and do you want that for your son? Mm. Do you want mm. that for your daughter? Mm. Um, because, you know, for us to say st- silent, and the truth of the matter is, and I'm guilty, I didn't even have these conversations with my sons until they got caught. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So why are we waiting that long? Let, let's point. take the initiative right. and say, okay, it, it, if you know. And both of my boys were in junior high at that time, so I, I probably should have started at sixth grade or fifth grade sure. and, and sure. started having these conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 it's important for us as men to say, okay, this is our household. We're going to have to lead them because this is a reality, especially if they're going to public schools in a larger city. Like you said, I mean. It's all around, and and um, these links are so easily shared, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and it's theirs. It's available for them. Mm-hmm. Um, even though you don't watch in your home and you raised them well, the enemy is the enemy, and uh, he comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Indeed, indeed. Well, well said, Richard. I appreciate your time being here. I know uh, uh, dads will, be, uh, will benefit from the insight that's uh, gleaned here and that uh, will coach our kids through those fatal attractions. I, I just want uh, to encourage dads out there that uh, that when you when kids get caught up, there are opportunities to uh, stand in the gap. And uh, there's, you know, you can turn anything around to God's glory. That's and right. so uh, the key, as we've discussed here, is not get angry, affirm the right attraction, and then encourage discipline as we move forward. So that's, uh, uh, you know, by keeping a home a very safe place for discussing any topic at any time. Dads, I just, you know, that's what we have to always be, is be approachable and uh, and uh, be real and, mm-hmm. and with our kids. Uh, and so I charge every dad, uh, may your ma- marriage relationship reflect that relational intimacy that, call, that God calls us to. Uh, and just uh, that's the dad you're called to be, and that's the dad the next generation needs. That's Thanks right. for being with us, Richard, and uh, God bless and God speed. Thank you.